Welcome to the Flint Catholic Podcast. I'm Father Tony Smila. And I'm Michael Hasso. So, I don't know if you can tell by, by, uh, by looking at me. Yeah, what day are we recording this? But we, we might be recording this on, uh, on, a, on Ash Wednesday, perhaps. Yeah. Clearly, you have uh, not been to Mass yet today. Clearly. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> you got the, so I got Although this. I will say I did have access to Ashes, so oh, if really? I wanted to... Yeah. If I wanted to fit in, I, you know, I could certainly could. My thumb is still got a little yeah. bit of black ashes on it. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, that's the problem with with priests. We get ashes on our thumb, and it's yep. like all day long. Yeah. But I got another mass. I got seven o'clock at St. John Vianney tonight, so uh, I'll be doing another round of ashes then. Yeah, yeah. So cool. Yes, happy Ash Wednesday and Happy Lent. Yeah. Happy Happy Lent, Lent everyone. So what I want to talk about today is freedom. I'm gonna talk about freedom today because I think. Especially as we, you know, we're in Lent, right? We think about all the restrictions we have and like, you know, can't eat in these days, can't have meat on these days. I have to settle with the filet of fish sandwich on Fridays, right? Like how terrible, just awful. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, come on, filet of fish sandwich, it's a few steps below. Come on. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about freedom and like what that actually means. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. What is freedom? In your opinion, what is freedom? Yeah, I mean, I would say um, it's really, I think it, how I've heard this related to, and I, this may or may not be where you're going, is I've heard it related to love as, as like, um, it's not freedom uh, to do something, but freedom for something. Oh, yeah. And the idea being like, um, you know, for instance, I know you, I know you play guitar, um, I do not. I do know music, <laughs> though. And, um, you know, if we were both to pick up a guitar... Oh, my gosh. You're using both... the exact <laughs> example that I'm going to use. You good, are good, nailing good. it so well. And just so everyone knows, I did not see the show notes before we did. this. So. He, he still doesn't. His, his yeah. laptop is closed. Yeah. <laughs> this is impressive. Yes. Yep. The guitar is my exact example. <laughs> Perfect. Don't worry. You can't go as far as I will go, though. Okay. You want me to keep going? Yeah. Keep okay. going. So the idea being that although we are both free to pick up that guitar and play, you're free to play that guitar in a different way than I am. That's true. Good. Because <laughs> I would pick it up and just, you know. We went slightly different directions with it, so it was good. Okay. This is good. Uh, yeah. What is freedom? So I think a lot of times, like what our culture thinks freedom is, is yeah. uh, one, I'm free to accumulate as many goods as possible, right? And yep. Uh, really, in the end, that's slavery to materialism. That's slavery to I got to get the next thing, got to yeah. get the next iPhone, got to get the next whatever it is. Yeah, that's kind of slavery. Yeah, it, it's ironic in a way because it's like secular culture really confuses yeah. um, freedom and slavery oh, quite no easily. Doubt. And we're going to keep it even further, right? Sometimes I think our generation is more like we're less prone to materialism i think what we're more prone to is the accumulation of experiences oh yeah yeah right yeah, i gotta yeah. have the next experience gotta do the next thing and that's yeah. slavery to that next thing but the yeah. next that's that experiential high like what yeah. am i gonna go see now what am i gonna go do now i you know not to go off too far on a tangent with this but i i think that's so interesting because a lot of our generation has like convinced themselves that in a way that that's more virtuous oh, than yeah. accumulating stuff. Unquestionably. Like, you know, you see this in pop culture all over the place, TV, magazines, everywhere. Yeah. And 
they promote it like it's this virtuous thing, like, oh, I'm not, I'm not interested in accumulating stuff. Okay, that's good in a way. Yeah. But it, it really is the same thing, Correct. just <laughs> in a different way. <laughs> Correct. Here's, here's another one. I, I think, again, this, our generation, maybe not so prone to this. I could be wrong, though. I think every generation is prone to this next one. I am free to do what feels good. Yeah. If it feels good, do it. Yep. Right? And that's the slavery to what we call hedonism. Yep. Just the next good feeling. Um, and here's one that I don't think we think about a lot as well. I am free to be autonomous. Hmm. Right? What do you think the slavery to that one be? All right. Put a, take off your teacher cap. Yeah. Huh. Slavery to the self. Yeah. You become a slave to your own self and that, yeah. you know, I can't let anybody be in charge of anything I do. It's a slavery to the self. Yeah. Isn't that wild? I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I can't help but imagine you being, like, interviewed on, I don't know, Good Morning America or whatever. You know, fill in the blank with your favorite news yep. show. I can't help but you being, imagine you being interviewed and people being like, what the heck is this guy talking about? Yeah, pretty because, much. <laughs> because they're like, what do you mean? How could you be a slave to yourself? Yeah. But it, it's a real thing. Yeah, so we don't even think about it, yeah. right? Um, I'm going to pause right here. Pax, can you turn my mic up? Can you hear that I'm not as loud as Michael? I mean. So I should be number one. There we go. So you want to make sure that my audio is like just kind of around that yellow marker. See, when you're watching, that's right. Yeah. So right when it leaves green into yellow, you want to try and keep me right on that spot. I know Michael's right there. Um, but, yeah, now this is much better. So, yeah, I need, the audio needs to be pretty evened up as well. So keep feel free to make those micro moves, especially if I move my head and then move it back. Right? You yeah. can hear the difference. Um, so, good. All right. Keep it rolling. We'll just uh, – I'll make sure to hopefully remember to edit this out. If I didn't remember to edit this out – you got to look behind the scenes. Yep. I should remember, though. <laughs> I'm not going to remember. Hopefully. All right, cool. Uh, so what is freedom? Because all of those things aren't freedom. They're like fake freedoms, right? Yeah. They're just what the culture says freedom is. That's fake. Um, so I'll start with the Catechism of the Catholic Church. I think that's a good place to start, right? Yeah, pretty decent. I actually don't even really like this definition, but we'll, we'll start here. This is from uh, paragraph 1731. Freedom is the power rooted in reason and will to act or not to act, to do this or that, and so perform deliberate actions on one's own responsibility. By free will, one shapes one's own life. Human freedom is a force for growth and maturity in truth and goodness. It attains its perfection when directed toward God, our beatitude. It's hmm. a lot of words. It I don't is. know if I really like that. Yeah. But... I mean, it's, it's true. It's right, right? Like, freedom to do things, to not do things, uh, growth and maturity in truth and goodness. It's got to be yeah. directed towards something. I think my favorite part of that paragraph is really reason and will. Yeah. Uh, right. That's awesome. The rest of it, so-so. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, rooted but, in reason, yeah, reason and will. will. So we got to use our minds. We got to use what, what our desires are, bring yeah. them in concert with each other. Yep. Yeah, for yeah, sure. and really aligning them too, because that's yeah. that's what makes us human. Exactly, you know? exactly. So. I prefer Lord Acton's um, definition. Okay, you like this? Uh, so he uses the word liberty here, but I think they're they're close enough. Liberty is not the power of doing what we like, but the right of being able to do what we ought. That's nice. 
right? It's not, I like that a it's lot. Not, you know, not doing anything we want whenever we want, but it's doing what we ought to do. Yeah. And the question then, the natural next question that comes up is, well, who says what we ought to do, right? That has to be yeah. directed towards something, towards a moral law. So now I'm going to turn to uh, theology of the body a little bit. So yeah. this, uh, I'm, we're talking about freedom today because I'm also like talking about this for the staff and we're doing a theology of the body series. And so oh, I'm talking cool. about freedom in the context of theology of the body. Yeah. So here's, here's where uh, I love this definition much more. Here we mean freedom above all as self-mastery, self-dominion. Under this aspect, self-mastery is indispensable in order for man to be able to give himself, in order for him to become a gift, in order for him, referring to the words of the council, that'd be Vatican II, to be able to find himself fully through a sincere gift of self. Yep. And I, I mean, John Paul II is just the best, right? Yeah. Like, I'll be quoting love and responsibility as well. And yeah. it's... Uh, it's really good. So it's about this self-mastery. It's about being, it's, that's different than autonomy, right? Yeah. But there's this, I have my, um, my desires and my will and my reason under control, and they're directed towards God, directed towards giving myself as a gift. Yep. Because that's where we find our fulfillment, is giving ourselves as a gift. Mm -hmm. And so this is where I want to bring in that, that example of the guitar, right? So, like, I have a guitar, and... You know, according to the world's definition of freedom, I could do anything I want. I could even do something like this. Insert video. So for those who didn't see it, it's Jimi Hendrix smashing his guitar. Yeah. Totally smashes it, sets it on fire, and kind of does a little worshipy thing too with it. It's weird. I don't know. Would you agree that Jimi Hendrix is a phenomenal guitar player? I would, yeah. Would you agree he's not as good when he's destroying his guitars? <laughs> I would also agree with that. Yes. So something Jimi Hendrix could also do with his guitar is this. And that's Jimi Hendrix in 1970, like, yeah. shredding it in an amazing way. Like, the good kind of shred. Yeah. The guitar shred. Yeah. And it's, he not is, smashing. Not shredding. smashing, <laughs> shredding. That's correct. Good distinction. Yeah. Right? And he's so good. And he's using the guitar the way it's meant to be used, the way it yeah. was created to be used, the way it finds the guitar's fulfillment. Right? Yeah. But in Freedom, he certainly could smash the guitar, set it on fire. And then, and then the guitar would never be able to be used the way it's meant to be used. And the same is true with us. So hmm. freedom can be used, freedom can be abused, and can be lost. 
Theology of the Body, we're going to go back to it because there's a second follow-up to this, and I love this. This is where you were spot on because it's about love. The power to express love. Precisely that love in which human person becomes a gift and through this gift fulfills the very meaning of his being and existence. I love that the definition of freedom is the power to express love. Yeah. Like we cannot express love if we don't have freedom. It is, we are incapable of expressing love outside of having freedom. Yeah. And I think something that I'd add to, because oftentimes people, you'll hear people say this about other religions, like, oh, all religions are pretty much the same. I promise you that what Father Tony just said, you will not find that in any other non-Christian religion. It does not exist. That's correct. There's nothing even remotely close. Yep. So, yeah, I just wanted to point out the uniqueness of that because I think we as Christians and especially, especially Catholics where, you know, we tend to have this like Catholic bubble about us, um, you know, just growing up receiving the sacraments and stuff like that and often in Catholic schools and we don't realize others don't have this. Yeah. Others don't have this sense of uh, a God who is love and how um, the purpose of freedom is love. Can I go off on a small tangent here? So I'm playing the video game God of War right now. Okay. And (laughs) that's quite a tangent, is it not? It is. (laughs) So it it's uh, kind of takes place kind of amongst this mythical world amongst the uh, the ancient pantheon. So uh, one of the main characters is a Spartan god, and he's the son of Zeus. And you you see all these different gods and how they're they're relating to each other and how you have this human bickering and this it's and it's just a total mess amongst the gods. Yeah, and people believe this like this was a part of ancient religions oh, that yeah. the gods were just <laughs> as screwed up as we are yep right that love as and freedom has nothing to do with it that we're just pawns in a mere you know game of life yep and that's how radical the christian faith is like nowhere else do you find that yeah so good so this is where the catechism of the catholic church actually has some good stuff what are some threats to freedom what are things that keep us away from freedom? <laughs> I know, right? So you got to look at the threats. And um, by deviating, this is from 1740, by deviating from the moral law, man violates his own freedom, becomes imprisoned within himself, disrupts neighborly fellowship, and rebels against divine truth. Wow. That's, that's a much better statement than their first definition of freedom. (laughs) They're much better at defining what are threats to freedom than what freedom actually is. Yeah. Right. Becomes imprisoned within himself. I'm loving your critique of the catechism, by the way. (laughs) Sorry, Pope Benedict. Sorry. I mean, you know, I'm sure he didn't write every paragraph. He did not. He did not. (laughs) Hey, I'm just saying if, if I were to do it, I'd do it better. Yeah, exactly. It's not true. Yeah, that's not true. He becomes imprisoned with himself, disrupts neighborly fellowship. I love this last one, too. Rebels against divine truth. Yeah. We weren't made for going against the moral law, right? The moral yep. law is there to give us freedom. This is, this is the instruction manual on how we are to live. Yeah. And yet we see so much rebellion in our world today that rebels just against this idea that, no, no, I've got to be God. And we see all the, yeah. the terrible things that come because of that. Yeah. Ugh. We see this in scripture as well. 
So we, we all know John 316, right? Yep. Right? You, you go to a football game, you see the, the sign in the end zone, John 316. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Right? Yeah, most yeah. of us know that. I like John 316. if you don't, you can go memorize it now. Go memorize it now. Just pause this. Yep. <laughs> I like, actually, don't do that. Because I like John 317 even better than John 316. I like John 317 even better. For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through yeah. him. That's so a great good. one. Right, it's so good. But again, it doesn't even end there. I want to go all the way to verse 21, because this whole paragraph is phenomenal. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who hate or all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. Uh, one of the major themes in John is light and darkness. We see he uses it throughout the entire gospel, light and darkness. And so what always strikes me in this paragraph is that people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And I'm yeah. like, ooh, that hits close to home. Like, I get that, yeah. right? When we do things that we know are wrong. When we rebel against the divine law, we, we, we hide, right? We, yeah. we try and hide our things in the, in the darkness, and we like the darkness. We end up liking the darkness and saying, no, I'd rather just stay here in the darkness than go into the light. Ah, doesn't, ah, just strikes at who we are. We yeah, all can sure. relate to that yeah. from Adam. And that's what he did. Adam yeah, and yeah. Eve in the garden. He sinned and he hid from God. That's what we do. When we, when we do that, when we rebel against divine truth, we run away. We hide. We prefer the darkness rather than light. Those who do evil hate the light. Do not come to the light. Does that sound like freedom? <laughs> it sounds like um, a distortion of freedom. I don't even sure. think it sounds like, it, it sounds like, like, that sounds like slavery to me. Yeah, like, yeah. I have to stay hidden. Absolutely. Like, what yeah. do you do in a prison? You're hidden away yeah. from society. Yeah. And if you're doing evil, you're being, you're hiding yourself away. Yeah. Like, that does not sound like freedom. Yeah. Ugh. It's crazy. Right? I'm, I'm just wondering, why do, why do you think it is that, we as humans so often confuse these two like oh, what yeah that's a great question you know and, and i don't know that i have an answer to that maybe you do but but to me it it just seems like such an easy lie to fall into and and especially in the world but i think even for christians it's very easy to fall fall into that lie yeah. that it's you know freedom is doing whatever i want and and people just don't see, um, they don't see the slavery aspect of it. Um, so yeah. it's, it's probably one of the eternal questions, right? Yeah. Part of it is we're just being lied to constantly. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a spiritual gaslighting that happens all the time. Oh, this will make you happy. Yeah. And then we do get that little high off of it, but then we fall and yeah. it hurts and it's not fun. Um, yeah. You'd like to think that they'll be like, oh yeah, it's so obvious we can do this. Yeah. But we do fall all the time. That's not fun. Mm. Galatians chapter 5. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand fast, therefore, 
and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. It's good, but it's just what we were talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. How often do we see the yoke, we go to confession perhaps, and we take the yoke off and we be yoked to Jesus, and we're like, yes, yeah. let's go. And then 10 minutes later, I'm going to go back to that, that other yoke, yeah, that yeah. Sl- yoke of slavery. Yeah. Ugh, we do it <laughs> all the time. A wise priest once told me, everything I ever gave to, to God has claw marks on it. Right? We just we hold on to yeah. these things, and we're like, I don't want to give them away because I'm comfortable here in the darkness, and I'm scared of the light because I don't know what that's like. Yeah. Ugh. Don't submit to the yoke of slavery. Let's go to love and responsibility from John Paul II. Great. I've read like, I've read more than half of this book. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard read. That pretty John much Paul, counts as reading it. I think so. <laughs> like, and it took me five times as long to read half the book than it would be to yeah. read any other book. So slight tangent. That's exactly how I feel about um, Sister Faustina or St. Faustina's um, Divine Mercy. There, there's that's a, how I because there's, there's so much repetition reason, there is a lot of repetition so I'm like I got I don't know I think halfway through or whatever after the first third I was like eh, I basically read this all. <laughs> see for me with with John Paul II uh, it's I read a paragraph and I go I think I understood the first four words and then yeah. I got to go back and like, oh, really, yeah, yeah. Like you got to like, okay, what is he trying to say here? Because he's writing no, in Polish, which is then sure. translated to English. Yeah. And he's already difficult to read on top. He's a, yeah. he's, he's a philosopher on yep. top of everything. So philosophers are already oh, yeah. difficult you to read. Can, you can see it in his writings. It's like, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. It's like when you read one paragraph of John Paul II, it's like, if you, if you get done with the work, it really means you've probably read it two or three times because every paragraph you get done, you have to like, sit with it for a second yes. and then you go back you read it again and did you I get halfway that? through and you're like wait did i even just read that again because i need to sit with it. <laughs> yes yeah not to discourage anyone from reading john paul ii but be ready well just and be ready <laughs> i was gonna say it depends on what you read this is true too because like if especially if you read some of his homilies and stuff yeah. like that oh, those are good awesome yeah the, but some of them are the vatican just documents that he writes yeah like those are good like is, theology of the body though that's more like you might want to watch, like read an intro or something first yes. <laughs> before you get into it. Yes, and love and responsibility is just like that. Yeah. But it's so good. Yeah. So here's the parts that I can pull out and talk about. Um, love consists in the commitment of freedom because, after all, love is self-giving. And able to give oneself means precisely to limit one's freedom on account of another person. Wow. Ah. That's, that's part of most of my wedding homilies. I'll say yeah. that, right? We have to limit our freedom on account of another person. That's what love consists of. Um, and it's a commitment of freedom, right? We can't just, like, I freely today choose to, do, it's a commitment to that freedom to love somebody. Yeah. It's a giving of yourself. And remember what we said earlier, you have to have freedom in order to love somebody. You have to have, yeah. be in control. You have, freedom is a necessary component of love. And it's, precisely to limit that freedom on someone else. He continues, the limitation of one's own freedom would be something negative and unpleasant, but love makes it something positive, joyful, and creative. How cool is that, right? Yeah, We often think that limitation of our freedom is like, oh man, it's Ash Wednesday. I can't eat all day today. No cheese curds for me today. And we're like, man, that's negative and unpleasant. But 
why do I do this? What's the purpose of it? Well, especially today, as the Pope has said, we're going to unite this uh, with the prayers for Ukraine. Yeah. Great. I'm happy to do this. Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. Right? There's something about it, and I'm sure as someone who's married, right? There's yeah. parts in your marriage where you're like, man, I'm so happy to limit my freedom here in this area for this person. Right? Yeah. Um, for sure. And, and that's really where we, when we start to really put it, oh, yeah, I've done this before in my life. I'm happy to limit my freedom here for the sake of this other person because I love them. Yep. Love engages freedom and fills it with what the will clings to by nature. It fills freedom with the good. Love wow. fills freedom with the good. I want that on a t-shirt. Yeah. You're right, Pax. Yeah. I want that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Love <laughs> fills freedom with the good. That's, oh. Wow. I know. So, I feel like we could just next episode we'll just quote that and then we'll just like let it sit for an hour love. of silence. <laughs> We're just gonna stare. Yeah. Love fills the freedom with the good. That's what I got on freedom. Isn't that a great spot to end to? Yeah. That quote. So good. Yeah. Love fills freedom with the good. So freedom um is something that we don't necessarily think about all that often but it's such an integral part of what it means to be who we are because God does not abridge our free will in any way, right? He gives us total freedom constantly because we have to be given total freedom in order to love him. Yeah. And so it's something that's been given to us, this gift of freedom. Do we use it well or do we throw it away and become enslaved to all these other things? Yeah. I know I didn't want to talk about Lent a whole lot today, but that's why Lent is like so great. Yeah. Because it's, it's that ability to to, okay, here are the things that I'm attached to. Here are the things that I'm slave to. I'm going to, as best I can, put them away. And let's attach ourselves to God. Let's live that true freedom, that freedom that allows me to love in the fullest possible way, which is how we were created. Yep. It's good. Any yeah, I was, I was just thinking about this recently. Of like, How is it that every time around this time of year, I'm just like so ready for Lent because I can tell that, you know, I, I just need that lentiness to life, to quote you. <laughs> Lenty life. Yeah. I think it's February. Yeah. I think it's just a month of February, which is so terrible. I'm like, <laughs> just, we pick up bad habits in February and we're just like, all right, I need Lent <laughs> to heal from February. I, I was going to say it was from all the, all the fe uh, feasting from Christmas and, that could be you it know, too. all of the past year, but it's just... I don't know, like come, come, you know, um, maybe a month or so before, before Lent, I'm just like, man, I like, re I really need this. Like I can tell that, yeah. that I need it. So it must've been extra hard for you this year as Lent was so far out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Easter is going to be real late this year. Yep. Yeah. That's a, that's why I said about a month before I was like, yeah, a few weeks ago I was like, yeah, I could, I could use some Lentiness in I my life. I could use some Lentiness. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know what also this means too though which is kind of unfortunate it happens near the same time the most wonderful time of the year is shamrock shake year uh, shamrock shake time i'm mm -hmm. thinking about food today yeah i'm sorry i can <laughs> shamrock shakes are so good though i had one before so I, I was actually able to enjoy a shamrock shake before lent started this year yeah that was great that made me feel good you know this conversation reminds me of somebody i, I can't recall who this was but there was somebody i was talking to one time and they were saying how like they were really getting in, into fasting and stuff like that. And 
this is like this is almost sadistic like it it makes me makes me wonder about this person <laughs> maybe their their level of holiness might be far far beyond mine but they say that when they're fasting and like the rest of their family isn't they actually enjoy like smelling their family's food and stuff like that. <laughs> what i i do not understand i know i no way nah <laughs> i'm like well it's wonderful that you're holy enough to resist while your family's eating and Just, you know you still have a meal with them and and whatever and you feel like you should be fasting wonderful but to actually like smell their food and to get enjoyment out of that i'm like yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry my, the food i had last night was fantastic and it smelled just as good as it would today yep yep i think that means we're kind of out of things to talk about yep all right <laughs> we'll see y'all next week god bless <laughs>